Welcome to Toxicology, brought to you by Recovery Unplugged, the place where we talk about all things substance abuse, recovery, and mental health, with guests offering varying perspectives and viewpoints. Hosts Joseph Gorordo and Jason Cabello share about their addiction and recovery and other serious subject matter through lighthearted yet candid conversation. One, two, three, shoot. Get you every time. Go ahead, please, Joseph. Take have the honors. <laughs> hey. Do the honors. Take the honors. Have the honors. Have the honors. Have them. There we go. I'm have I'm giving them to you. You have, have the them. Honors. Right. Ninth grade education. <laughs> Emotionally disturbed. Emotionally handicapped. Emotionally handicapped. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Toxicology, the world's latest and greatest podcast on recovery, addiction, and mental health. I am your host, Joseph Gorordo, LCDC, and this is my co-host, Mr. Jason Cabello. Hey. Popping and locking. Oh, I never got to school you on what the rerun was when um from our Kathleen Bradley episode. Oh, yeah. You you were like a b-boy at one point in your life, weren't you? I was a b-boy. First, first wave break dancing, 1983. I, yeah, 1983. I, I discovered break dancing. I was I was nine years old. Um and I was I saw a documentary called Style Wars, uh-huh. and it was about the New York City like hip hop and graffiti scene. Yeah, and I was just like, that's that's a got me into documentary films at a, at a young age, yeah. and I just wanted to live there. I wanted to live in like the Bronx and like the <laughs> Bed Stuy. <laughs> yeah, like the the, the Rocksteady crew were like my heroes. And um, did you have like the uh, Adidas tracksuit, gold I, chain, bucket hat? I, piece of cardboard you carried. I did, yeah. I did, yeah, yeah, I, I all of it, and oh. and I was all in. And then the funny thing is, like, I would go. So that is very East Coast, New York City, heart of break dancing. Yeah, and I would go stay with my father in L.A. And it was like two different worlds. They were still break dancing, but they dressed different. So rerun was a character on this show called What's Happening. Uh-huh. If you ever seen that, and they would Big do these like here. dances when they're like standing up and and. <laughs> something like that yeah and it was just it was I, so i went <laughs> i went to chuck e cheese and won a child's breakdancing contest in, in california I, I showed them how we did it in miami <laughs> and and they called windmills egg rolls and i was just like like oh you could do an egg roll i'm just like i don't know what you're talking about Holmes. see my the closest i've ever come to breakdancing was in the late 80s early 90s when i was trying to emulate the backspin that Michelangelo from Ninja Turtles would do. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know the backspin of which you speak. Um, you know, I feel like I should mention to our listeners, we are also the mental health podcast that talks about Ninja Turtles the most. We, I, I think, I think four out of five episodes, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles get mentioned at least once. At least so. once. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was driving over here, and I think I mentioned a while back that. I'd been on like a sad country music kick yeah. lately. Oh man. So still on the sad country music kick for sure. But as I was driving here though, I realized like I wasn't feeling sad. You know, the music just really kind of helped me. Get sad. Just No, not get <laughs> sad. But it liked, you know, it's like, have you ever seen the movie Inside Out? I I've, I've seen like bits. Of, I was still high when I came out. Yeah, so okay. Like okay. So so in the movie Inside Out, basically, you know, the little girl, you know, she has like four or five emotions, right? And it's like anger or sadness or happy or whatever, right? 
And then at the end of the movie, like the big development is that she has, she develops memories that have a little bit of blue sadness and a little bit of yellow joy, right? Like that they can be together. Like she right. matures emotionally. And I was like, you know what? Like the sad music lets me feel sad and have some joy. Cause I'm, I'm driving in my car singing the sad lyrics. And I was just like, man, like, you know, I know we talk about it all the time, but like, you know, sometimes you have those moments where like, you know, like it's not just lip service. Like music really does change like the chemistry in my brain. It does. So I, I recently had the the privilege to edit together one of your presentations. The yeah. music is medicine presentation that you do for Recovery Unplugged, title sponsor. So at Recovery Unplugged, we use music to get to the underlying cause of people's mental health struggles and addiction. Yeah. And it works. Absolutely. I'm I'm a walking testimonial. Testament? Testimonial? Testimonial. Testimonial. Or testimony. Testimony. I'm a walking testimony of the the power of how it works. You know, 19 treatment centers, 19 times in treatment before that. And then one time at Recovery Unplugged, man, changed my life. And, and I have to tell you, I didn't hear anything different. You know, the therapists didn't tell me anything different. I didn't hear anything different in groups, but something about just being able to use music if I wasn't in the mood to share, stuff like that. Yeah. It really, really does help. So, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it just and, – and, like, I love, like, moody music. Yeah. Like, especially, like, a day like today, it's kind of like – it's not hot out. It's not cold out, but it's, it's kind of neutral gray, zone. Yeah, and I'm just like, what kind of music? What, what, so, what kind? If you had a song that would embody the way today feels outside, a little dark and gloomy. I but, actually have an album. Oh, okay, even better. The Portishead Live from Roseland Ballroom album. Like that is the embodiment of like music that sounds depressing as shit, but for me, like it feels happy and joyful. You know yeah, what I mean? Like. Yeah. Like, I don't know. You ever see, uh, there's this movie with Paul Rudd where he's like real into 90s music and he's like, he's like turning 40 or something. He like loves the Pixies and stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, this is 40. Yeah, this is oh, 40. I love yeah. that movie. And he loves all this 90s, you know, Pixies and all this. And his wife is like, what is this music? Like you people. <laughs> when he like, tries to play it for his kids. <laughs> yes. Talk about when the Pixies, um, when Frank Black starts screaming how much that meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're just like. <laughs> I'm basically Paul Rudd. <laughs> That's pretty, but he was he ran like a record label and shit in the movie, but that that's one of my faves. Last thing, speaking of records. So my wife had been telling me there's a Christmas present that didn't get here because it, it was coming from the UK and they were on like a postal strike or something. And so I got I got a Christmas present this week. Oh nice. It finally came in the mail. Uh original issue of Is This It by the Strokes on vinyl with the alternate cover because here in the u.s it was just that blue and yellow kind of abstract thing yeah. and so it's the real one with the silhouette with the girl and the hand on the butt and i that record that record was polarizing for for a lot of my friends because it was like these young rich kids that were kind of doing yeah like the you know 70s style new york music and yeah. it was like you either loved it or you hated it and I love it. I yeah. love that album so much. You know what? Last night was a bop the second I heard it, but I never got into the rest of it. And it wasn't until later I had a girl that really liked playing Tetris on the Nintendo 64. And mm -hmm. she would play the Is This It album. And I was like, 
this is actually fucking amazing. Yeah. Oh, what is your what is your album for the the driving around in gloomy times? Is it the Strokes? Is that no, the- no, no, the Portishead. Oh, Portishead. The Portishead. Portishead, live from Roseland yeah. Ballroom. Um, anyway, speaking of music and the power of music and, and music uh, helping people recover and, and you being a walking testimony to the power of that, um, today's guest is also a walking, talking testimony of the power of music, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, good friend, always down to help. He was actually... In the the Christmas commercial for Recovery Unplugged that I showed a couple weeks back, and that was his child who was the the star of the show. Um, good friend to me, good friend to everybody that I know. A dirt bike aficionado. Dirt bike aficionado. Track designer extraordinaire. Great musician. Fucking renaissance man. What a what a great guy. Yeah. Should we bring him on? We should just talk about him. The yeah, let's just talk about it. Let's just, just leave him over there. I could, you, see, you're missing. I get to see his reactions over here in the corner the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Is he tearing up? <laughs> no. I don't know. I don't know okay. if he's tearing up. But he's <laughs> uh, anyway, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this week's guest, Mr. Tyler Creechy. You've been yeah. poofed. You got Damn, poofed. Here I am. All right. So here I am. Question of the day. Okay. Acapella, does it or does it not fuck? Dude, acapella is, um, you ever seen 40-Year-Old Virgin? Yeah. You ever seen that movie? Yeah, very similar. Very similar. Struggles in life, you know? <laughs> some people some people see what's in it and they, and they get that spectation and they're like, this is okay, you know? But then the real outside picture of acapella is just like, it doesn't fuck. Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying. Fun. Yeah, yeah, like what, like uh, Andy Bernard in the Office. Yeah. wasn't he in an acapella group in college? <laughs> you know, what I'm well, you know, beatboxing is a form of acapella. That's low too. fire, though. Exactly. See, that's what I'm saying. Like See. watching it live. Like if I heard a track of somebody beatboxing, I don't think I'd be like, "Yo, play that back." Right. But if I was watching somebody do it, I'd be like, "Bro, keep going." I can see yeah. Tyler in the bathtub just listening to, <laughs> to beatboxing in the bathtub. <laughs> so, like, I mean, see, and so that's the difference, right? So. You can enjoy acapella. Yeah. You can enjoy beatboxing, but only one of them fucks. Right? <laughs> o- only in what private. If they fuck like, each other? like, oh, what would be the job? <laughs> like, here's the, you know what I'm saying? But like, think about it. Anna Kendrick in, uh, in the singing movie, right? Singing I Saw the Sun, Pitch Perfect. Yeah. Not, yeah. not, not super Fire. cool, right? But Biz Marquee doing If Your Girl Only Knew the beat and the vo- vocals at yeah. the same time, Bro. that's. Fire. But so question, so question, right? As as men, especially, right? Like, how much stuff do you enjoy that you don't share with people because it's not cool, or like you feel a little, you know? Because there's a lot of things that like I enjoy that I don't necessarily just bring up in conversations because yeah. I'm a little there's I don't a know, ton, embarrassed and, or, and and it, and it you know it goes with like. Some di- like some of my skater friends. There's a lot of like skaters who are really hated on, yeah. like really, really hated on. But I'm like, I like watching them. They're good, but I won't tell them that. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, certain music a- at home. My girlfriend Gabby, she makes fun of me for just about everything, so it yeah. doesn't matter. Like yeah. I, I don't even bother yeah. hiding everything. Be like, isn't this cool? She'll be like, shut up, grandpa. <laughs> hey, welcome to the show, Tyler. Yeah, man. Yeah. We, just, I, we started right off the right off the bat. Dude, I, I feel like um I feel like giving a fuck about that takes so much brain power and energy, dude. I just stopped. Yeah. I you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's one of those things where it's like 
you're about to say something because you think it's going to be cool. You think it's going to be yeah. funny. And then you're like, oh, wait, they might not think that. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That That is like my anxiety at its finest. And that's where I'm like, nah, you're my bitch. Like, I'm finna <laughs> say this shit. You know what I mean? And like, I don't really yeah. care yeah. what people think too often, man. But in the back of my head, I always do. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. I, like, I, think, I don't let it control me, like my behaviors that much anymore. For sure. But, like, I still care. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think and, everybody does. And especially, like, what's real weird is a lot of my shit comes from, like, being kind of punk rock and, like, trying to have that punk rock cred, you know, and not being able to say, like, you know what? Like, I want it that way is catchy as shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, know Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Backstreet Boys. Yeah. <laughs> you are. But, no, I, I think a lot of that comes with, like, age, too. And yeah. I'm sure being a dad of young kids, like, yeah. you're going to get made fun of no matter what. So you oh, get, yeah. your your skin gets a little bit thicker. Yeah. No, every day my kids are like, Dad, you don't fuck. <laughs> <laughs> every day. You're like, I do, or else you wouldn't be. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Tyler. Stand off that one. I haven't seen you since... The motorcycle rally, dude. Damn, are you kidding me? I know it's been a long time. That was before I even lived here. That That was was like before COVID. That was like four years ago. Yeah, that was almost. Yeah, I'm coming up on four years. So yeah, Yeah. damn. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's crazy. I told him you look great, man. Look like you've been in the gym, dude. Look like you've been the buff guy that runs shit is what we call him around. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. One time, (laughs) (laughs) once. But that was a wild experience. Dude. That motorcycle rally sober. That was my and that was my first time ever experiencing anything. Yeah. I saw a dude getting a blowjob on the back of a golf cart. Yeah. yeah. That was like there was things like that happening. They are out here. And we were there like <laughs> party sober. They definitely <laughs> why, why don't you <laughs> explain what what you're talking about here? So um okay, so so one of the things about uh addiction and recovery and mental health treatment is that you know, people who know about it know about it, but like, how do we make sure, you know, how do we reach people that need what we do that aren't necessarily like Googling rehab, you know, trying to reach people before they even know that they need help. Right. And so, uh, for a while we were going to different events that weren't recovery related at all, but we thought there might be a high. Far from recovery related. (laughs) (laughs) That one definitely wasn't it for sure. So we went to, uh, the Republic of Texas biker rally here in Austin and, um, interesting crowd. I got the bait and switch on that one. Because yeah. I, I was in town like filming a commercial for Recovery Unplugged and Joseph's like, dude, we're going to be out in the ra- rally. Come out, bring the camera. I'll get you a helicopter ride. We were going to yeah. do the we helicopter. Remember that. We get out there and there's no, there's not even a helicopter there. It's there just, was. They just stopped. Yeah, there I was didn't one see somewhere it. in the far corner somewhere. I think they had stopped. It was one. like 50 Joseph, bucks for like Joseph put, yeah. Joseph put me on his shoulders and had me go, <laughs> but no, Joseph still used to love me a helicopter ride as far as I'm All concerned. Right. All right. Fair well, we'll find ourselves. <laughs> okay. It's official now. And yeah. It's on, yeah. it's documented. Yeah. I was going to say. I owe Jason a helicopter ride. Um, so, so Tyler, you know, uh, when when I first met you, you know, when, when we were hanging out then, you you hadn't been sober very long. No, I think like ninety days, yeah. maybe in between ninety and six months. Yeah. So, I mean, how was that? Because like at that time, I probably had like I don't know eleven, twelve years sober, something like that. Yeah. Like I was, you know, drinking whatever, right? Yeah. But like for you, ninety days being at a place like that would just, I mean, fucking debauchery. Dude. <laughs> okay, so so I'll tell I'll tell you the story after this, but I will say I feel like at that point I was coming from. You know, the backstory of my life is nothing pretty. And, like, coming from all of that stuff, like, where I was, it was just, like, I was so lost in the beauty of life. Like, I I paid no mind to anything else. Like, it was just, like, oh, my God, I've 
Never seen the clouds as clear. I've yeah. never. I was gonna say the pink cloud that they talk about dude, in early recovery. Like, and I mean, like, and I'm still on that today. Like, I'm still so grateful for where I'm at. But like that early ninety to six months was just like, like, oh my god, like this is possible. Like, this is amazing. Even the problems that were coming my yeah. way were like, bitch, you ain't shit. Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? Were like, you doing really, the, no. the happy crying a lot? Oh my god, yeah. Oh. I still do it, dude, all yeah. the time with my son. It's yeah. uh, fuck. Yeah. I'm a crying dad, man. That's awesome. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. But yeah, and um. And it, it it truly it wasn't that difficult, and I think it's just because I wasn't really I wasn't thinking about any of that. But then, you know, later that night I was in I was in that race, and I had never raced supermotos before, so I was in that race. I did real well, and um, ended up hanging out with some of the bike guys later, and and that's where I would say like that was my mistake of that night. And I did, obviously nothing happened, but it's it's one of them things where it's like where do you put yourself yeah. to be you know, in line with what actions, who, who's doing what while you're around type thing. And I was around everybody having a good time, making the laps. And, um, some dude was running around with like a squirt gun filled with vodka and like came up to me and like squirted me in my face. And thank God, you know, I have good friends with me who, you know, are like, Hey, let's not go to jail or let's not like do anything. Cause I, that was like the one thing that was like, why am I here? This is fucking bullshit. Like, why would you do that? You know what I mean? And, um, and it just took some of my friends that were there, Johnny and and Desiree were there. Um, Desiree is now my wife. Johnny's still my best friend. Um, they were there and they kind of were just like, man, like he didn't take nothing from you, you know, like he's, it's not like you, you know, he He wasn't trying to do anything. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. He didn't know, you know what I'm saying? Trying to share a good time. He was, and he was running around doing it to everybody and everybody's all like, ah, you know what I'm saying? So like for me to be a dick about it would be unreasonable, but it was like, in my mindset, it was like, this motherfucker doesn't know, you know what I'm saying? So I think that's the thing that a lot of people don't get. Like when, when someone they love is getting into recovery, right? They're like, Oh, like we have to hide the booze or, you know, is it okay yeah. for us to drink around you? And, and they get real concerned. And like, in reality, like if you're owning your recovery, it, that shouldn't be a problem. Yeah. Whatever's yeah. going around you should not matter. Like you should 100%. not expect people yeah. to change what they're doing for you. Yeah. Like music. I'm, I, I literally have gone places reeking of weed yeah. and people are like, bro, what the fuck? And I'm like, studio dude yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm oh. saying I'm in the studio bro I was at the tattoo shop the other day yeah and, yeah. and one of the guys Same. had just smoked I guess before he came in but it was potent yeah and he hung his hoodie up right next to my hoodie and then I had to go to like a like, a, like a, a meeting afterwards and I was like this hoodie smells <laughs> smoking that shit yeah <laughs> I know, and that's such an awkward thing. Like, I always worry about if I'm leaving the yeah. studio, going to like, uh, you know, if I'm going to a meeting or like whatever. I'm like, dude, I'm gonna, you know, that's that. Like, I care what people think. Like, I'm gonna walk yeah. in here, and people are gonna be like, this motherfucker's stone, right, you know? right. So, yeah, man. But you're not, yeah, because I was working at a restaurant in my early recovery, and I had like a like almost like a sushi sushi station, and then so I had a chance to talk to people as I'm yeah, like yeah. making their food. And people would, I'd tell people that I was in recovery and they'd have like their drinks and I'm like, oh, sorry about, I'm like, don't be fucking sorry. Yeah, right. Like I'm the one that. I feel like that almost makes it more awkward. Yeah. When people are so cautious of you, which I appreciate. I think any addict, you know, low key appreciates that. But I think the first feeling, at least for me, that comes up is like. You, you oh my God, what, am you know I making you feel weird? So there's two things. A, if you're a vegetarian and you tell somebody that you're a vegetarian, they will tell you their diet. 
Like, oh, yeah. Oh, that's cool. I just I'm eat a little bit of chicken. Diet. I just eat a little bit of fish. And then if you tell them you're in recovery, like, oh, that's cool. You know, I drink a little bit on the weekend. I, know, yeah. I might smoke a little bit of weed. Like, they feel like that's uh, this obligation to tell you that, like, yeah. I'm not that bad. But yeah. that may be their way of caring what you yeah. think. Right. You know uh, what I'm saying? Yeah. That well, may be their way of doing that. So... At the tattoo shop, right? The yeah. guy that was tattooing me was not the guy that was super stoned, right? <laughs> Thank God. And, and we were talking, and he was like, "Yeah, you know, he's like, uh, you know, I haven't haven't had a drink in about a year, you know, just I'm off the sauce." And I was like, "Oh, okay." You know? I was like, "Yeah, you know, I'm." And he said that before I said anything. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Oh, you know, I'm I'm actually in recovery. You know, I've been sober for a while, whatever." And I don't tell people like if it's just normal people, I'm not like, "Oh, it's been 14 years." Yeah. But I was like, you know, I've been sober. You know, he's like, oh, so like, he's like, you don't drink. He's like, do you do anything else? I'm like, no, like I like nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing. But like, there's lots of people who like, they're like, hey, I quit drinking, but I still smoke weed. Yeah, or, I have friends like that. Or I quit yeah. doing drugs and I don't drink hard booze anymore or whatever. And yeah. like, something I really like about that is just like recovery is really broad now. You know, it is for a lot of folks, you know, like obviously there's, you know, like for me, it's it's always been abstinence based recovery. Yeah. And, but like. There's so many different ways and like, you know, I wasn't going to be shitty to the tattoo and be like, well, you're not really. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right, well, I mean, yeah. he didn't even say like, I'm in recovery. He just said, yeah. I don't drink. Yeah. And you know, you're, you're so right. And my opinion has changed so much in the past couple of years yeah. because I was, you know, living in South Florida where I was, it was like a huge place for, for 12 step meetings and like very <clears throat> abstinence based and very, um, rigid yeah like there's no mood or mind altering substances there is because you could have caffeine and, and you could have nicotine yeah. Yeah. but anyway we'll argue about that another time <laughs> kombucha <laughs> yeah exactly but you know somebody's personal recovery doesn't have to fit the mold of any one particular yeah. group for me that's what i need yeah. because if i if i stray from that at all I'm i'm going down fast but i have a friend i'm actually trying to get on the show i won't mention their name but um, been in recovery for quite a few years and then recently decide they might want to smoke a little weed or yeah. something like that. And it seems to be working for them. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, who am I to say that they're not still in recovery? Yeah. And, and by their standards, because they're not doing the damage to themselves that they've done yeah. before. Yeah. They've put quite a few years in. So here's the question though, because I know in certain groups, yeah. some would call that a relapse. Yeah. Right. What is it? I mean, I only shoot heroin once a year. And <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but I think, you know, I think there's there's two things, right? It's the motive, right? Because, like, it's not it's not a relapse if you have surgery and they give you opiates, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah that's You can point. put the opiate in your point, body yeah. and you have not relapsed, right? Mm -hmm. point. Now, if you take two of them, not because you're in pain, but because you just want to catch a buzz, then yeah. you did relapse, Absolutely. right? Not so it comes down to motive, the right? Mindset. Like, yeah. like, am I, is, is he trying to smoke weed because he feels like there's something missing in his life he's trying to fix? Is, yeah. you know, like that, that has so much to do with Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Right? I think, I think, um, you know, self-awareness is like everything in that aspect because I've done like I've gone and done like those uh PTSD like the mushroom treatment yeah, yeah. where they like give you mushrooms and they like walk you through these and like they'll tell you you know like 
hey, have you ever had addiction issues or this and that? And I think it's all a mindset thing because like yeah. I went into that with the mindset of like, I'm going to go here and get this treatment. Yes. I didn't go in it with like the mindset of, oh, I'm about to go in here and fucking trip yeah. balls. And really, it wasn't even like that. It wasn't yeah. even like, you know, people think it's like fucking trip balls and like they talk to you all crazy. It really wasn't even yeah. like that. It was helpful, extremely. Yeah. And, and I've seen it go both ways, right? Yeah. Like there's another yeah. guy that you also know that we won't say his name, but like he was like, I'm going to go do the ayahuasca because I'm going to heal. And it's like, fuck you, dude. You're not well, trying to heal. Thing, yeah, right? that's a like, hallucinogen. Yeah. That's a bit much for me. Yeah, I'm. I feel like my mind already does its own fucking crazy <laughs> shit. So like, if I'm adding like anything that yeah. takes it to a different realm, I'm yeah. probably fucked by the time I get there. You yeah. know what I mean? Um. So speaking of crazy shit, I mean, we've already gone off on a bunch of tangents, but yeah, like, right. I'd like to get some of your story in yeah, this thing, sure, right? Man. So like, uh, you know, just I don't know. Give us the rundown. Start where you want to. Um. Yeah, I, I'll give you a little bit of background. Um. You know, I, I had a really good family until I was like, well, I'm not going to say until. I, I still have a great family to this day. Um, but, you know, it was a great household. Like, if you would have took my picture at seven years old with my family and and then ran it down the timeline, you would never see any of that. Like, yeah. my dad is the head of aviation warfare for the Department of Defense. Oh, shit. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, we chose different roads. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, And then my mom works on, like, unmanned aircraft vehicles and yeah. stuff like that. So... They, um, you know, great parents, man. Um, good, everything good was good folks, good jobs, pretty standard, yeah, yeah, straight and absolutely. narrow. Absolutely, yeah. extremely good jobs. Like my dad's, like probably one of the higher paid people in the yep. government, which is, you know, that's pretty cool to me. Now, um, I look up to him for that. You know, he's been working in the government for like thirty eight years. That's insanity. Uh, but great question: Does the government fuck? Uh, no, not no. me. <laughs> they fuck me. That's for sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? so, Definitely. So growing up, pretty, pretty. Yeah, 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 American man. dream. Yeah, yeah, you know, like bicycles for Christmas, like that type of yeah, yeah. just yeah, man. And where did you grow up? Uh, so Southern Maryland. It's in Maryland, uh, about an hour and a half outside of Baltimore. Honestly, a pretty rural community. Like yeah. nice houses, stretched apart, about an acre and a half. Like oh. plenty, you pet, know, pet lobster. It's, it's yeah, it was it was a good childhood, man. And and um, you know, my parents got divorced when I was like seven years old. And I think that I, I blamed it on myself. I think I still haven't like I've worked through the emotions of it, but I haven't worked through the like whys and yeah. the, you know what I mean? Why'd I do this and that? And um, I think it was just I blame myself for that happening. Um, and uh, I, I started becoming like a violent kid, man. Like I started wanting to fight. I At wanted seven. To, yeah, like, like I wanted to fight. Well, it, it kind of started with like destructive behavior first. You know what I'm saying? Like I would, I would fuck the house up Burn or like, stuff. yeah, you know what I'm saying? Shit like that. Take a saw and like cut shit in half for no reason. Um, and and it started that way, man. And and it kind of spiraled into like fighting. And then once I found fighting, that was I think truly like my first high. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it was like, oh, I love this. Um, so I followed that road, man, and I just kept doing bad and bad. And obviously, you like to fight, and you, you know, you're not hanging around the right crowd at yeah. that point. the The kids just didn't do the things I did. You know, they didn't they didn't smoke weed. They didn't. They were in middle school. So um, I hung out with the older kids, man, and uh, you know, I got I I got in some dirt bike accidents, other things, and I was always complaining about pain. And and eventually, one of my friends. Um, you know, offered me a Percocet, and and I don't. I kind of cut the backstory because I don't. I mean. You know, it's it's nothing. There's nothing pretty about my backstory ever. Anybody that's heard my story knows that. Um, you know, prison was involved. I probably spent four and a half, five years of my life locked up. Um, I'm only 28. Uh, I've been to 16 rehabs. Recovery Unplugged was the last one. 
Um, you know, trying to beat Jason's record. <laughs> yeah, I was on the way, <laughs> man. You know, I think if I would have went to one more, I would have died before I made it back for yeah. sure. Um, but yeah, and and you know, um, overdose. Everything you would expect to be in a drug addict's history is is in my history, and um, you know, the main thing I think that to take from my history was the trauma. Like I, I've had so many traumatic experiences in the aspect of, you know, just being in a city like that, Baltimore city, just being in a city like that. Um, and you know, my forte, my mindset was, I'm not going to rob people that work for their stuff because then they can call the police on me legally and these police can come give me. So I'm going to rob the drug dealers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like the guys who have what I want already. Way to do it. Yeah. I'm going to go rob them. And so, you know, I just the trauma that comes from that. People don't like that. People shoot at you when you rob them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And people can't aim for fuck in the city. So they hit other people when you see this shit and it like fucks your head up. Um, And that's kind of what made me get out. So, um, you know, one of those God moments, man, I was in detox and uh, I was leaving detox to go to another treatment facility back in Baltimore. And you actually know him. He used to work for you guys. Brian McCall called me. He was like, I was literally in the parking lot. I don't know how this worked out. There was probably a 45 second time period from when I turned my phone on to like when I was supposed to turn it off to get a number out of it. And I turned it on and he just happened to be calling. He was like, where are you at? I was like, I'm leaving the detox and I'm going to you know, this halfway house that y'all set me up with. He was like, no, stay there. I'll be there in 30 minutes. I'm coming to get you. I was like, what? Like what? This doesn't even make sense, right? And he got fired from his old job for that, for taking me from that, yeah, for taking me from that treatment center because I was supposed to go somewhere else, but he had in his like, you know, and this is like my first real experience with recovery. Like this guy knows me. He knows all about me. I've known him for a long time, but like... Wait, is that B-Rain? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But like, but like, I didn't know what was best for myself. And Joe Nectar, Joe Nectar was with him as well. And I didn't know what was best for myself. Like, so he came and he told me like, yo, this is a music-based recovery treatment program. And I was like, sign me the fuck up. Where do I go? How do I get there? And he literally, dude, took me to the airport, you know, got me on a plane, sent me here and... And dude, I've I have had the time of my life. I can't like it's hard to remember all the good times I've had because there's been so many, you know. And um, because you have like a solid crew and everything. But I got yeah. I got a couple yeah. of questions. Okay, so, yeah, absolutely. Going from a kid who co- comes from like a nice neighborhood to then ends up on the streets of Baltimore. Let, yeah. let, let's get into a little bit of some of the choices that were made there because I have a lot of friends who came from you know pretty decent families and then chose the street life instead. So, I mean, it happens, you know, it It, it definitely happens. And I I got to experience both sides of the tracks. One does not choose the street life. (laughs) The street street chooses you. (laughs) You're your fucking Ninja Turtle backspin. (laughs) But no, 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 I totally, totally, totally understand. Cause you know, my, my family, we had money growing up Yeah, and then by the time I was, you know, we were living in a super nice area in Miami. And then by the time I was 14 or 15, like we were like desolate, like yeah. living can, in. Can I make a real political aside real quick? Sure. Why is it always like we equate having money with like being good people, and having a good life? <laughs> well, it, you just have more. I, it's, it's not. A, you have more opportunities and more things to avoid. So living, you know, living, living in some 
of the rougher neighborhoods. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you run across some problems that you won't run across living in, true. you know, in, yeah, in Maryland with the, your pet lobster. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. You, don't, you, don't, <laughs> yeah. you don't have to worry about certain it's things. It's a blue crab. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah you, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everybody has problems and... And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It, no, no it, it's valid. It's valid yeah, because I, you know some people might not know, and it's just like you know you you have to deal with some problems in those environments that you don't have to deal with in others. Yeah, and money has everything to do with where you yeah. come from, right? Like what you know what I mean? Like yeah. where you're where you're currently at in life has almost everything to do with money. Sadly, yeah. But it's you know capitalism. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> but yeah, so so yeah. what were some of the let's say left turns that you made to to end up yeah. in choosing to you know be hanging out in in Baltimore and yeah. and you know living the life of crime. Um why well, I can tell you man I'll be honest with you and and this is something a lot of artists will not do. I will tell you that you know when I was young in my nice parents house watching all these videos of these dudes with like nice cars and money and all these things I'm like dude that shit is like yeah what the f-? like you work for 40 years dad what the fuck <laughs> you know what I mean these dudes just made a song look at all this money and you know you don't really know the what it takes at that point. Um, but it was appealing to me and, and I feel like I kind of, is there any artists in particular you're thinking of right now? Oh, uh, so, so like really not too streety either. Like I, I really listen to like Nelly, Kid Rock, 50 Cent, um, Eminem, stuff like that when more, I was the younger. more pop stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, Kid Rock too. I listened to a lot of Kid Rock cause I feel, I felt like the outcast no matter what, because I wasn't, I didn't like to hang out with the kids in my neighborhood or anything like that. I like to hang out with the people with less for some reason. Like, yeah. I, I enjoyed that. And I didn't even like to go to my house with more afterwards. I almost felt guilty, right? You understand well, was it like Was it like I'm experiencing something that most of the people I know don't experience, like how these guys live? Or was it like I'm doing something? I think or was it was like I don't even need all that. Or was it, it was, like I feel like I'm better than these guys, so I like being around them? I think it was just so much less thought than that. I think it was a simplistic thought of being like, I'm going to be the best at this yeah like like i've you know that doesn't appeal to me the life that my dad and mom want for me doesn't appeal to me this life appeals to me i'm gonna be the best at it that i can be it's almost like you wanted to kind of strip your privilege yeah and then exactly. see like okay i can exactly. make this because it, it may easy. be a guilt thing sitting here talking to you about it now like i'm kind of thinking like it almost sounds you know like a guilt thing back then like i have all this why all these people don't have all this because yeah. it would you know probably have I mean? been pretty easy to just be like hey dad can we build a recording studio you in know my what room? i mean just, <laughs> yeah just really though and i used to ask my dad for like now looking back it's like man i wish i would have asked for shit like that but it, like i was a kid i was like oh give me a monster truck or a dirt bike or you know what i'm saying <laughs> just like shit that was unnecessary like if i was like hey i got a craft can you invest in me? My dad probably would have been like, fuck yeah, let's do it. You yeah, know business I mean? plan together. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And Get that's me a laptop, a mic, and then Fruity Loops. Dude, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's crazy because that's kind of what me and my dad are doing now. He's like, you know, he's thinking about retiring and this. And I'm like throwing these ideas like we'll buy 50 acres. I'll build a track and we'll run it off that land. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Or do this. And it's cool how that comes full circle because me and my dad literally did not get along. Like we did not. T- I swung at my dad when I was twelve over some stupid shit. How'd that, that go? Uh, he kicked me out of his house. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I I'll tell you that at the age of twelve, I was a better fighter than my dad for sure. Um, but he also was not. He's not that guy. He's not a physical. guy. No, he's not that guy at all. Like he he would much rather talk to you, shake your hand, walk away. Which is you or, know like or, I look up to or that drop now. a bomb. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Throwing some Navy warfare. <laughs> yeah. Him and your My mom. son just slapped me. Drop. Send the Apache. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. In his residential neighborhood. Yeah, man. Uh, killed your pet crab or yeah, pet right. lobster. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, bro. Yeah, man. <laughs> I think uh, to go back to the choices thing, man. I think it was just. I think it was a you know a mindless choice. Like yeah. I didn't know what came with that. I just knew that at that time it was something new to me, and I wanted to be all in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Was there ever a point where you were like, if I could go back right now and leave this shit? This is a little getting a little serious. Here. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, so, all right, let me. I'll talk about it without talking about it because okay. none, none of this yeah. stuff is really seen, you know, judiciary gotcha, or anything. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, we're so, not past the statute. Of yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so we're gonna talk, but we're not gonna. Say. Anyway, um, yeah, dude, I, um, you know, I the first time I ever went to go do something to take something that wasn't ours, um, it it went way left. Like it was, and this is also a turning point for the worst. Like this was a time where I was like, this is dangerous, but also my stupid thinking is like, I could do this way better myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't need these three people. Like, I could do this way better on my own. Um, but that that was that first time was definitely a moment where I was like, holy shit. Like, I could have died, first of all, 100%. Like, I definitely could have died. And second of all, if I didn't die, I could have went to prison for at least, like, 10 years. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, that shit is no joke. Prison for 10 years is like fucking, yeah. dude, it does not fuck. You know what, not <laughs> you know what I'm well, saying? It's like, you know, we talk about a lot. We hear a lot of guests who talk about, like, you know, like, oh, I was just smoking weed. And I was like, I'll never do mushrooms. I was and the then I did guy. mushrooms. Yeah. But it's the same way with, like, all the stuff around the, the drugs, Thousand right? Percent. Like, I would never rob somebody. And then once yeah. you rob someone, you're someone who robs people. Yeah. You know, like, you, you shatter these these glass ceilings. hundred percent. Where different behaviors that at one point were totally unacceptable to yeah. you are now, like, part of who you are yeah the morals go, yeah. go out the window exactly yeah. out the window I, I talk a lot that i still you know with with coming up on seven years clean i would say almost every night i have using dreams yeah and never the good stuff it's always <laughs> the feeling i'm about to start getting sick and i just robbed the drug dealer and you never get high though. and <laughs> no i never get high. so i'm about to get dope sick and Found the it. guy i just robbed knows where i'm at and i got to get the fuck out of here but i have to get more shit before i can get out of here like that feeling that's oh, that's man. almost every night yeah but i wake up from it in in a pretty nice life so i I've, yeah. I've learned to appreciate it yeah, but for sure that feeling that restless feeling after you've done the deed yeah and you're like all right i can't go down this street ever again for the rest of my life (laughs) and you know in in cities like baltimore man that's that's what made it difficult i feel like as like someone because mind you i am genuinely a person that like anything i do i'm gonna try to do it to the best of my ability no matter what it is right so like i'm you know it gets hard because you start hitting like corner here corner here corner here and baltimore is just a bunch of rectangles dude so like yeah so like you know the the time you know the car got whatever riddled look like Swiss cheese type deal. It it was one of those things where I was like running from this guy, came down this street and accidentally just happened to like bump into this dude here. You know what I mean? So it's just one of the things, man, where it's like, dude, karma's everywhere once you start doing that type of shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so they, you needed to get out of town to get Dude, somewhere. when I left, I had $50,000 on my head. Shut up. Swear. When I left, I had $50,000 on my head. And that wasn't why I left. I, I left because of the situation. Uh, what I what I had seen and went through, it was one of my good friends um, that made it back. I didn't think he made it back, right? Like, that's another story in its own, um, which is, has been since I've been clean. Like, he called me. I was, like, two years clean. And I hadn't talked to this dude since that night, right? And I'm thinking he's, like, you know, out of there. And he called me and was, like, had this, like, 
like he couldn't really talk really but like he can't walk can't talk dude that fucked me up bro he's yeah. like why haven't you came and seen me it's like oh my god dude fuck gives me goosebumps to this day yeah, yeah you know what i'm saying i thought for sure like i seen it go right through his shit like Jesus. i thought for sure he was fucking gone <clears throat> um but you know oh shit i, I got off that saying that made me lose my train of thought no, you're good. So there's a picture of you slumped, diddly dumped. <laughs> yes, sir. Let's talk about a little bit of time leading up to to that particular photo. Okay. Um, yeah. So I had oh shit, I had just uh, <laughs> described this photo for the audio only listeners. Please. Oh yeah, somebody. So it's it seems to be a park, and there's a park bench, and Tyler Creechy is sitting in it, neck fully. Bent over backwards over the exorcism style. Yeah, like yeah. a completely like chin pointing up to the sky <laughs> and just look appears to be dead. Yeah. Yeah. I uh brought to you by heroin. Yeah, <laughs> fentanyl. Fentanyl <laughs> 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 for sure. Yeah. I stopped looking for heroin after I got a dose of fentanyl. <laughs> but um, yeah, that that was um I had actually just finished doing some shit in the city. Um, I had a girlfriend at the time who lived in Frederick. I wasn't allowed to stay at my mom's. Wasn't allowed. People kept coming to my mom's looking for me. Like, if you don't have this money, we're gonna fucking blow your shit down, type shit. Um, and it wasn't. It wasn't cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I had to. I got the fuck out of there. I went and stayed with my girlfriend in Frederick. I had done a bunch of shit in the city. Came back. Couldn't believe I got away. Did a shit ton of of dope. Um, and I I went to like take my dog to the park. And at the time, you know, the girl I was with, obviously, she was she was like a nurse. Like, she was not at all into that. Um, so I'm like, yeah, I'm going to take my dog for a walk. And I went to that park and, and did more dope and ended up passed out on that bench. So, like, I guess, I don't know, however long later. Was the dog okay? She, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my dog Tyson. Yeah. I think, I don't know if you met him or not. Everybody knows Tyson. Love Tyson. Um, but, uh, you know, a couple hours later or whatever it was, she came back and took that picture of me. And, like, sent it to my mom and was like, you know, what the fuck is your son doing type shit? Woke me up all mad and shit. And so that was pretty much that picture, man. That picture was taken as, like, one of those things, like, what the fuck are you doing with your yeah. life? You know yeah. what I mean? And, uh, yeah, dude, now it's like I look at that picture and I'm just like, what What were you doing? You know what I mean? <laughs> What the fuck were you doing with your life? You're at a dog park slumped on a bench at, like, you know, 20 years old, dude. Like, get it together, bro. So so let's 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 start getting closer to now. So like obviously you're sober now. Yeah. Um you mentioned 16 treatments. Yeah. Right. And then finally getting it at recovery unplugged. But like what was what was different? You know, what was missing from all those other treatments? Were you just like not motivated? Were you not ready? Like what I think not ready had a lot to do with it yeah. a lot of times. Like the first one I went to, I was like 17 yeah. and I was still on Percocets and it was, you know. Um so I think a lot of it had to do with not being ready. Um and, and like I said, I'm one of those people who, like, if I do it, I do it all the way. I yeah. tire it out. And once it's tired out, I'm like, what's next? Um, so I feel like it was one of those things where I hadn't, like, I guess, finished my career in drug use. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, um, but this time around, man, I, I I don't think it was so much the treatment as, as much as it was how they gave it. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, not so much. They said all the same shit. Yeah. You know, it's all the same shit. It's just more like the way, like you go to another rehab, right? I went to these other rehabs and it was more like they work there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it felt like they work there, call you in their office, bunch give you of this yeah, blanket yeah. conversation that falls under a bunch of different shit and then send you out of the way. 
Um, whereas like recovery unplugged, and I'm really not just saying this, man. Especially, I'll never forget Brittany, man. Brittany, Brittany O'Malley. Yes, dude, one of my favorite people. Um, and and uh, why can't I remember her name? I just saw Anna. Sorry, yeah. Anna. Um, but mainly those two, I, I won't forget because they the, the emotion I thought I didn't have, right? They pull out of you. Like yeah. Brittany kind of found a way to pull out like that soft side. You yeah. know what I mean? And then Anna was like. You don't think you can cry? Like, bitch, I'm going to make you cry. You know what I'm saying? And like, Anna genuinely made me cry, dude. And, and, um, and it was, it was just like turning points like that, man, where like everything that I thought I didn't have anymore, they somehow found a way to like genuinely bring it out. Not just like, you know, cause when you're getting clean, if people are trying to tell you to do something, you almost got a mask for everything. Yeah. It's oh, like, absolutely. oh, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. But really you're back in your room, like, and your mindset's the same thing. So it was, I think it was just a matter of like, how genuine they were and yeah. and how like empathetic not sympathetic but like empathetic to being like look like you're you know this this is people go through this yeah. like this is okay type shit man and oh my god dude when they brought me a cake for my fucking birthday yeah i hadn't said it i'm about to cry now thinking about it dude when i was in residential at ru they brought me a cake for my birthday i think it was my 20 22nd birthday 23rd maybe but dude fuck I mean, when was the last time, right? Yeah. Like, when was the last fucking probably 15, 16 years yeah. old? Someone came they, saying to you dude, the whole they, deal. Yeah. The whole, the, you know, everybody there came in. They're all singing to me and got me a cake. And I'm like, this dude who at that time, I think I'd been there for like a week. So, like, I'm still not talking to nobody. Like, I'm still, like, seeing oh. shit in my head. Like, I just want to fight all the time. And they do this shit. And I'm just like, man, fuck y'all, man. You know what? <laughs> you, you know what? We don't talk about you know, birthday cakes are powerful, man. Dude, I, I have seen being present in a moment yeah. is powerful. I would say recently, like we had this this girl who like hated everything. Yeah, hated everything. Cussing out her counselor, fighting with her roommates. Like I want to leave every day. Yeah, <clears throat> and she was like vegan or gluten free or something, and and we sent the the chef to go find. A fucking vegan cake, cake or whatever. Yeah. Zucchini kill. And so we, <laughs> we bust out the birthday cake. You can tell she's cool. You know, she's like, oh, thanks. You know, And then we tell her, I'm like, oh, that it's vegan. And she's yeah. like, what? <laughs> Waterworks. Yeah, dude. That's the stuff. <laughs> like, yeah, but those are breakthroughs, dude. Yeah, that's it, like... It's the unexpected validation that somebody, and to know that somebody like thought about it, yeah. took the time to even find a vegan one, it's Austin, so it's not that hard. Yeah, but you yeah, know, right, it's, well, on the east side, like I mean, the far east side. Of oh Austin, yeah, yeah, you got residential. A point there, yeah. <laughs> okay, but yeah, just that feeling, like these people, a remembered, and b gave a shit enough to like put forth an effort to do it. Yeah, even though I've been a, even though I've been a dick. A, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. And that's one of those things. Like, have you seen the? I don't know if it was a podcast or what with Shia LaBeouf on it, but he was basically crying, like saying, like at his lowest moments. You know, they're they were on like some type of call where they bring up who's on the other end, and like he was thinking nobody's gonna be there, and the only one there was his wife, yeah. and he was just like, dude, like I would have killed myself, but like. All it takes is for one person to be present in in a certain moment to just 
switch everything to be like, damn, like I'm actually, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm a human being. Like I have a purpose here type well, thing. Like we talk about, <clears throat> we don't talk about it, but I, you know, like LGBTQ kids, right? Yeah. Like something like 80% of them have seriously contemplated suicide by the time they're 18. Yeah. Right? And that number drops in half. So it's cut in half if they have at least one person in their life that they feel like is they can talk to. accepting and supportive of exactly who they are. Absolutely. And it's like, that matters, right? Yeah, no, even 100%. if it's just one person knowing that someone. One percent, and that—that's a huge thing that kept me clean was the recovery unplugged community because the alumni stuff is yes. strong. It yeah. is a strong. thousand percent, and that's how you know I first met you was going to was it the Rot Rally the first time we met. I think so. Yeah, when you I met him, the camera, yeah, and then I would see you because I was still living in Florida at the time, and yep. every time I would come out, I would see you at the alumni events, and you yep. always had a crew of people with you, yep. you know, and it's like. You find the people who you who you mesh with. Yeah. And it, it's great because, I mean, there's, for every person that does make it, there's, you know, uh, dozens know. that don't. Yeah. And sometimes it's hard to turn your back on those people. 100%. Not even turn your back on them and be like, listen, if you're going to go and do that thing, I have to stay over here and work on yeah. myself, man. But if, like... I'm here for you when you come back. I'm going through that now. Cause, yeah, because yeah, cause I've, with, seen, I've yeah. seen that with a lot of people where it's like, you know, I'm going to be here if you need to go wander off, yeah. you know, just know that when you're ready to come back, I'm here. Yeah. You yeah. know, and that was that was really important for me. And a lot of the people who I came through with and shared my early recovery with um, are, are now running shit at Recovery Unplugged, you know, like yeah. we, we, we had a good group of people who stayed close, you know, yeah. and I've heard somebody, I, I have somebody close to me who works at another treatment center and they were talking about putting an alumni together, a alumni program together. And they've had people who went to Recovery Unplugged, relapsed, went to their program, and still go to the Recovery Unplugged alumni meetings as opposed to going to their one. So there's what just some, key? yeah, That's there's key. something about the community, like acceptance, uh, like everything. I mean, when we started talking about like, I think this thing is cool, but I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. I think part of that is because I want to feel community with, with, yeah. with these people. And if yeah. I say this, they might judge me, I right? Mean, Tyler is um, open enough to say that he's a Kid Rock fan. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> On camera. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that's, that's community. <laughs> you got you to gotta think, though, man. You got to think. Only God are really... Put it out there, like one middle finger on the yeah. first one, two middle fingers on the second I, album. Like I it had, was there, bro. you know. I'll admit, during the, the the early new metal wave, I had uh, Devil Without a Cause, and I thought it was a great album at the time. You know, hey. yeah. All right, he had, he had, Th these he had, are what you call breakthroughs. He had a, he had a <laughs> midget with him. You know, dude, he is like, definitely a left fielder, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> definitely a left fielder. So let's let, let's talk a little bit. We're running out of time, but let's talk a little bit about. Um, what your life is like now. And, and I got to tell you, before before you start talking about it, like, lots of people have kids. Yeah. Right? Do they? Lots of people. Yeah, that's how you <laughs> That's crazy. No. That's the thing. <laughs> lots of people have kids, but, like, there's plenty of people I know that, like, I forget they have children because they don't really talk about them too much or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, in the past hour since I got here and we started talking, like, you've mentioned your son half a dozen times like yeah. within two minutes you were like oh yeah you know i work for like two weeks and i'm like i'm gonna go hang out with my son for a yeah. month like yeah dude um such I, a good kid too yeah. <laughs> i think like uh, like that comes off real quick like yeah. that you're you're not just a guy who's got a kid yeah like you're a dad and you like being a dad and all that so but like tell us about your life now dude life now is insanity right like um you know i build dirt bike tracks for a living right like who the fuck 
that's like a dream job. I love dirt bikes in general. I love riding dirt bikes. Um, so I build and test dirt bike tracks and facilities for a living. Um, that's how I make my income. And then, you know, with that income, I spend it on music. I put marketing into music. I back myself. Um, and more than anything, dude, you know, the music and the tracks, that's, that's like almost like spare time. Like I focus on my time on my son, dude. Cause I, I just feel like, you know, when I turn like between the ages of like 12 and 15, like I started not listening to shit. Like I wasn't trying to hear nothing my parents had to say, you know what I mean? Um, and my dad always worked. He was like in the government. So he always was away, 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 barely ever saw him. Um, and it's just one of those things where I feel like, you know, and no shade on my dad. I love my dad. He did his best. Absolutely. And, and to this day, he's a great father, but I, I feel like those times from from when you're born to when you're like 12, 13, 14, 15 are like key to like who you're going to be Absolutely. in the world, right? And I feel like, you know, I didn't make the right decisions as like maybe telling my dad what I wanted to do or like maybe I did tell him and he was just like, oh, that's not too realistic, um, which could have been the case. But I feel like, you know, if if – I want to give my son the life that that I almost wish I had, which is what every parent tries to do. But it's like, man, if I could just set him up with enough financials, right, yeah. and just put in his mind a, a business standpoint, you know, a business point of view and, and kind of teach him, you know, being kind, but at the same time, don't fuck yourself over. Like, just all these things that I know. One of those things where it's like, if I knew now what I knew then, yeah. you know, and it's like, if man, if I can just be around him enough to, to help instill all that into him, dude— like what the fuck could stop him? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like nothing, and and it's one of those things where it's like I've I've I have a chance still, but I feel like when it comes to that part of my life, like I've had my chance. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's so hard for me to buckle down and do because it's like I'm 28, bro. Like I want to get out and fucking travel the world and do all these things. Where it's like now I have a son, and it's like nah, like I could have done that, but I decided to spend 10 years doing drugs. So shut the fuck up, be a dad. You know what I'm saying? Like and. And that's what I focus on now, man. My life today is literally like music, dirt bikes, and my child. That's that is life. That sounds pretty. Awesome. Yeah, that's uh, that that sounds sounds dude. Good. I I love it, man. Happily married. It. Oh my god, yeah. That was that's a new thing, right? Yeah. When did you get married? Uh, not even a month. Yeah. How long ago did we do that shoot? That was two months ago. And we got married after that. Right. Okay. I think, yeah. You like, tell me, I don't know. Yeah, Bro, right. You need, to, you need to figure this out. Yeah, yeah no, I Before this airs. <laughs> well, wait, so we, we got married on the day we found out that we were having a boy, which was, what's this month, January? Uh, which was December, like December something, something like that. Yeah, I'll, fi- I'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> so you're oh, having it's another, close to Christmas. So you're having another kid. It's in the 20th. Uh, absolutely fucking yeah. not. Oh, uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we maybe. Oh, no, when we found out we were pregnant with our son. Oh, okay. Like a year after that, basically. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, you were like the day. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. I, dude, we've been so blessed with, with our boy. It's just like, man. Don't want to tempt fate. Dude, fuck. I've been a shithead, man. I got, Me. look, I got three. That's what, you know what I'm saying? I've been a shithead, dude. I don't, I don't, you know, I, I got blessed with this one. I'm thinking God's up there like, yeah, I fucked up on that one. Do yeah. it again. Watch what happens. That's, that's why Gabby <laughs> yeah. and I have decided against, at least for the time being, yeah. decided against having kids because we have so many good kids in our families, like nephews. Yeah. Y'all live in that dink life, man. It, we are. But we figure that the, it, it's just about time for this family, one of these families to get a real turd. And we don't want to be responsible <laughs> yeah. for that. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, is it time? 
It is. It is time. All right, we do something at the end of the show. We call it rapid fire. Rapid question fire question time. time. Oh shit! Right. It's rapid fire question time. All right, we're going to ask you five questions. We're going to take turns. Um, try to answer them as quickly as possible. Don't think about it too much. Okay. All right. So first one. This is a fun one. Finish the lyric. Okay. Ba with the ba, the bang, the bang, diggy, 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 said the boogie, said up, jump the boogie. Ba with the ba, the bang, the bang, diggy, 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 said the boogie, said up, jump the boogie. Ba with the ba, the bang, the bang, diggy, diggy, diggy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know where we were going. Oh, I was, yeah, that's perfect. That's perfect. Okay, that's it. When was the last time your trailer got stolen? Ah, oh, fuck, dude. Like two weeks ago. <laughs> Fucking bullshit, bro. That, there's the karma there for all the bro, shit that I'm you've done. You. But you know what's crazy? Every time that shit gets stolen, I'm not playing no games. Like I, I go straight forward. Like I. I've got my trailer back. Three of three. I'm three for three on these motherfuckers, dude. Tell them to leave me alone. For real, bro. I pray that I don't, like, I genuinely say prayers. Like, I pray I do not catch them stealing it. Like, I'd much rather go get it while Find it's it left alone. Yeah, because I love the confrontation. Like, that's yeah. my shit. Do you have a tracking device in it? Yeah, a all couple. Of, yeah. Everything. Yeah. I literally have tracking. It got stolen once. I put my drone up. Like, I drove. I probably spent 45 minutes. I drove, put it up. Put it down. Drove. Put it up. Put it down. Looking in like two mile radiuses. Yeah. Finally found it. Brought it back. I was like, fucking trackers and everything, dude. My socket set has a fucking tracker in it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Real talk. Seriously, man. It's oh, all right. Uh, who's your favorite Ninja Turtle and why? Oh my god, Mark Angelo. Michael. Michelangelo, yeah, because that's the only one I know. <laughs> I didn't even say the name right. Mark Angelo, he's a new, uh, he's a new uh, R and B artist. Yeah, yeah dude. <laughs> he comes out with his sword. like, my name is Keys. <laughs> All right, so your dad works for the government, right? He does. Yeah, yeah, pretty high up there. Are aliens real, dude? Are you asking for opinions or facts? You know facts. what's crazy? Every time, uh. Every time I ask him shit like that, bro, he brushes me off, doesn't say anything to Can't me. Can't tell you. Dude, I've asked shit, though. Like, I've asked shit. Because like, he would tell you no. Yeah, all right. Like, I've asked him some shit. Like, when that Ukraine and all that shit started popping off, I was like, yeah, Dad, like, let me get the inside scoop. And he's like, completely ignores me. Like, right, uh, so we're gonna, you're, you're my son. Who yeah. killed JFK? <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> the Dad, FBI really, really killed Martin Luther King. Killed Tupac? Toxicology, yeah. you know you're home for classified information. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, no, my dad completely bails on me. Any question like that. Yeah, absolutely. Confirms. It. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. Not doing it. Exactly. Um, all right. Ben and Jerry's comes to you. They say they want to make an ice cream flavor for you. What do you call it and what's in it? Man. Let's call it, uh, I'd call it like restaurant bar. And I'll tell you why. Because I've had, I had this ice cream one time at this restaurant <laughs> bar, dude. <laughs> tell you this shit was so fire they like literally like deep fried the ice cream in cinnamon toast crunch with like some type of like it's almost like they took the filling of the oreo and yeah. put it in the ice cream oh my god. and they deep fried it it was the best fucking thing i've oh ever my god, had in my life heart attack yeah so like so so barstool ice cream or whatever the fuck i said yeah that that would be that shit was fire. we also would have accepted creechy berry crunch <laughs> That's fire, dude. I might use that later in life. You never know. I might I really might use that. That's fire. Yeah. 
All right. Well, you got one more. Oh, I got one it's more. Five. We gotta get five. Oh shit. Okay. One, two, three. Your dad in the government says, Tyler, son, time travel is possible. You could go on vacation anytime, anywhere. Where is it, and what time period? Damn. Where am I going? I'm going to an. Oh shit. Can I bring shit with me? Mm, no. Not to alter. The future, but I mean, if you want to bring like an iPod shuffle to listen to some okay. music, maybe you can. <laughs> just so like a like, rehab. So I could just, man, ah, uh, man. Truthfully, I wouldn't care where. I almost would just want to see how. Like I almost would just want to see that. Oh yeah, okay. You understand wow, what I'm saying? Like instead, deep. instead of just being like here, I almost would want to be like, what happens? Like all in between. In between? Yeah. yeah, yeah, So I could, you know, because then I'd go back and I'd be like, all right, well, if I don't want this to fucking happen, I got to change this. You okay. know what I'm saying? Some it's more too, like, too much pressure to just go somewhere and change something then? Yeah, I feel like uh, in the future, man, I, I think, I don't know, man. The future's so, you don't know what's there, dude. Yeah. So it's so hard to be like, I'd go here and change this or I'd go here and do this because it's like, fuck. Everything that I thought would happen the way that I thought it would happen, nothing has happened that way. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't think I'd be building fucking dirt yeah. bike tracks. Yo, I'm so, <laughs> you know I'm so selfish. I'm like, just like, I would take 10 grand and buy a bunch of fucking Google stock. Yeah. <laughs> That's just not a bad idea. Like, okay, so, okay. So you wouldn't kill Hitler. You would just make money. <laughs> yeah. So you wouldn't change the Here, world? Here's, here's why you don't kill Hitler. Okay. Right now, Hitler's he a bad made guy. roads. Hitler, bad guy. Worst <laughs> person that ever existed. There's, there's nothing redeeming about him, right? But, jeez. Oh, the impact he had on the world had such a massive impact in so many different ways that we can't even fathom that, yeah, like, facts. to kill him would modify the world beyond recognition. Yeah, facts. I'm not and I would be without that. one Hitler, there could be a million Hitlers. Exactly. I would be scared. I would be scared to see what ramifications would come. That's not killing him. You got you got well, a point. Okay. So let's just say we don't change history at all then. Oh, then kill Hitler. Okay. And, but then there's no World War II. And then does the US become a superpower? Like do we end up in this capitalist hell that we're or living really, now? We like could just be know. still be that land where like everybody's farming and and doing yeah. all that, which you don't let's know. be honest, I would fucking appreciate. Yeah. You know? How about we just make it so that Kid Rock doesn't get a record deal? Call it even. Oh, but then I'd never be a rapper, dude. <laughs> like, yeah. right. Okay, we can go. All right. All right. So the last thing we do before we wrap it up, Tyler, is is we give you the floor to kind of say whatever you want. If you want to promote something, if you want to pitch something, yeah, if you want to leave sure. a message for the viewers, whatever you want to do, go for it. Absolutely, man. Uh, yeah, so promotion-wise, I uh, just dropped a new single. It's called Say Less, Do More. The video is out now. Um, it's actually doing pretty well. I just dropped it like two days ago, three Four days ago, I think it's almost a four thousand. Where can Ooh, our listeners it? find this? Uh, YouTube, man, anywhere, anywhere that you find music, literally anywhere. Even the the websites that you know aren't on Google. Yeah, yeah, you can literally find it anywhere. Um, and then as far as the video goes, that's on YouTube. And um, your artist name is Tyler. I am Critchy. I am, am Critchy. Yeah, so it's my last name, and then I am so I A M C R I C C H I. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, man. Yeah, and then uh, advice, man, keep going, dude. That's what I say to everybody. Say like, just fucking, yeah, just keep going, dude. Like, whenever you want to complain, shut the fuck up. Keep going. Just keep going because I promise you, at the end of it, dude, you'll be like, oh, fuck, I didn't even think this could happen. This is beautiful. You know what I'm saying? Did either of you see Brendan Fraser's acceptance speech? No. I did not. For the whale. On the Golden Globes? Yeah, no, we don't watch yeah. the Golden Globes. Yeah, I, did, no, I didn't. Watch it. It's pretty inspirational. He just says, uh, if you ever, if you saw the whale, he's like, if you're in a dark place, just please. And he starts breaking down crying and says, please just walk towards the light and amazing things will happen. And Gabby was showing it to me yesterday. We were both like, <laughs> okay. It's facts, dude. I'll go watch it. Keep going. Yeah, man. Keep going, dude. 
Keep, Keep going, going, man. All right. Well, thank you again, Tyler, for taking Absolutely, time out of your day to come down and hang out with us. Thanks. And uh, thank you to our viewers, listeners, wherever you stream or, or watch this from. Please don't forget to like, follow, share, subscribe, leave us reviews on Apple, comments on YouTube, all that good stuff. Um, and uh, we'll see you next week. Oh, that's not what we say. <laughs> <laughs> that's There's not what... a thousand roses <laughs> and a thousand, thousand ways, ways out. out. We, we hope, hope you find, find yours. yours.